Turn with me, please, to the book of John, gospel account of John, and the 10th chapter, In Seeking the Lord, about this week. I didn't get it for a while, but the Lord's always on time. Amen. And uh, actually, I taught a series the Lord gave me in 2013, isn't it? We were talking about that, Dave. 2013 called Abounding Ability. Abounding Ability. And some... uh, Some months after that, I taught that, I knew in my spirit, and the Lord spoke to me about it, I mean I heard a voice, but I knew in my spirit, he said, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. And I know he wasn't just talking about me, he's talking about you too. (laughs) We. You refers to all of, you didn't get it. And so, every so often, They'd come back up to me. You didn't. So I I went and got my notes out. And I went over it. And uh, I did a little bit of review. And a little bit of extra study. And and then a few months after that. Came up to me again. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. So coming up on this meeting. I knew I needed to go back. And listen to every message. Take the time. And take notes. And preach to myself. And I did that. And I'm so glad I did. Because I see what he's talking about now. I didn't seen it since then. But I see some things now. And there were four or five big things. He gave us. That we didn't. Didn't get. Didn't implement. Didn't, didn't get it like we need to get it. Can you hear and not hear? And that has happened so many times. The Lord has given us answers. And the problem is, if you don't impl- if you don't walk in the light he gives you immediately, the enemy comes to steal. Is that right? When the, the sower sows the word. You remember that? And, and the word that was sown on the wayside ground, Matthew says, they didn't understand it. Did you hear that? And that's what enabled or allowed the devourer to come. And, and gobble it up before it got in the ground to produce results. So if you don't, even though you hear it, even though it's sown on you, even though it lands on your head and lands on you, if you don't understand it and you don't implement it, it never gets in you and can be stolen immediately and there not be any Uh, any results, any fruit. And so uh, there's 14 messages in that series, so we won't be able to go through all that, but we will be hitting some highlights. Are are you with me, saints? Are you you okay with this? And how about this time? Let's get it. What what do you think? Let's let's get it this time. (laughs) Man, there's some answers here. I'm excited about it. There are answers. Oh, thank God. Thank God. One of them is right here in John 10. And we'll just begin reading 
in the first verse of John 10. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So in the very first verse of this chapter, in this passage, the Jesus dialogue, Jesus mentions the thief, a thief and a robber. Everybody say a thief and a robber. Verse 2, he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. When you come in to do the right thing, you come the right way. When you come in to do something wrong, you come in the wrong way. The thief don't come to the front door and knock. He tries to climb through the back window. He tries to break through something. And that's what he's talking about. Verse 3. To him the porter opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Keep going. When he puts forth his own sheep, he goes forth before him, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now this is something every child of God needs to get. Never again say you can't hear God. Not one more time. Do not say. I've had people tell me, you know, Brother Keith, pray for me. I've prayed, I've fasted, and I just can't seem to hear from God. Well, your words are stout against him. He says you can. You say you can't. (laughs) And your words will carry more weight in your life. How about let's agree with the Lord. Come on. Come on. Sit out loud. I am his sheep. I know his voice. That's all you say. No matter how you feel, what you understand, what you don't. I am his sheep. I know his voice. A stranger's voice I won't follow. Come on. Say it again. I know his voice. I know, I know his voice. I know his voice. I hear from him. Amen. He leads me. He orders my steps. He directs my paths. I have an anointing of the Holy One. And I know all things that I need to know. I function by the unction. I'm flowing in the knowing. Just saying that is releasing faith, it opens the door. But when you yield to fear and you yield to feelings and you need to say, I don't know what God, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? I just can't seem to hear him. I just can't seem to hear him. As a um, 18 year old, I began to get in my heart that God wanted something of me. And I I couldn't ascertain what it was. And so I prayed the best I knew how, and I didn't pray in the Spirit at that time. So you pray with your understanding, and then you say everything you know to say in 10 minutes, and then you say it again, and you say it again. And so, I'm, but, but then this something was in me. It was the ministry. It was the call, and I didn't know it. And so I'd get up in the middle of the night, and I'm saying, God, what? What do you want? Talk to me. But I'm trying to hear something. 
I'd even go outside. We lived in the country. I'd go outside. I mean, midnight. I'd be out in the, in the woods. And I'm looking up in the night sky. God, what? What? What do you want? I'm wanting to see, you know, maybe something happened with a star. I mean, I'm a, you laughing like you never did anything like this. I'm, I'm, wanting, I'm wanting to hear. This went on for months, months. Finally, I'm up again in, in our little mobile home. And I'm kneeling on the red shag carpet <laughs> up against the genuine imitation leather, yeah. so, nay, plastic sofa. And uh, for the nth time going, God, God, talk to me. Finally, I just kind of ran out of gas and I fell over on the side. I'm there by myself late at night. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice. But how, how many have ever heard the still, small, come on now. It's him. And, and my eyes caught a glance of a Bible over on a stand that probably had dust on it. <laughs> and he said, Keith, does he know your name? Come on, somebody say, I'm his sheep. He knows me. He calls me by name. I know his voice. Never say anything contrary to that. Agree with him. I know his voice. He said, Keith, I've said many things to you already in the book. Find out what I've already said to you. And if I want to say something else, I will. <laughs> that was my answer. I knew that was my answer. And I, it took me years to realize, and I, I know I still don't realize everything about it, but one of the big reasons he told me that, if I'd have heard an audible voice or seen a vision at that point, I wouldn't have known if it was him or not. Why? Because the enemy is a deceiver and a tricker and even transforms himself into an angel of light. The Lord's trying to help me so that I am not easy to trick and mislead. He knows if I learn to distinguish the nuances of his voice. How many know, even though they're different human authors penning this, it's the same voice in Genesis as it is in Psalms, as it is in Ezekiel, as it is in Kings and Leviticus and, and Matthew and, and Acts. And if I'm familiar with his voice through this, then if he speaks to me something else, I recognize the same voice. Is that right? That I'm hearing and hear all the time. I needed that desperately and didn't realize it. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. I am, I am his, sheep. his sheep. I know, I know his, voice. his voice. Praise God. Keep reading. He said, A stranger will they not follow, but flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now this is... This is such a big thing in being able to discern what is God and what is not God, what is the Spirit, what is not the Spirit. When you hear a prophecy, when you hear somebody teach a doctrine or whatever it is, if it's the Holy Spirit giving that to them or through them, even though it's brand new to your head, maybe you've never heard it before, it will be familiar. 
to your spirit. Come on, can you see that? Because it's the same spirit. Just one same, self, one and the same Holy Spirit. When you hear something and the whole time you're thinking, in your heart you're thinking, that's strange. That's strange. Whoa, that's strange. Strangers. They don't know the voice of strangers. Because if it's the Lord, it'll be, even though it's completely new to your head, it'll be familiar to your heart. This will help you to discern and distinguish between all manner of things. Is it God? Is it not God? Is it right? Is it not right? Verse 6. This parable spoke Jesus to them, but they understood not what things they were which he spoke to them. Verse 7. Jesus said to them again, Verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now the Weiss translation He said, most assuredly, I am saying to you, I alone, in contradistinction to all others, am the door. And the reason I say that, because he says, he used this language is in the Greek again and again, I alone am the shepherd. And in fact, this is the language. I alone am the shepherd, the good one. <laughs> Come on, say it out loud. He alone, he alone is the shepherd, the, shepherd. the, good, one. the good one. Now, why are we talking about this? Because from the very beginning, he's drawing a contrast. Is that right? Between the one, the only one. That, now, there may be many shepherds, but there is only one, the shepherd. And he alone. In contradistinction to all others, am the door belonging to the sheep. Well, why a door? Door is access. No man comes to the Father except by Him, through Him. You don't come through the door, you don't get to the Father. He is the way. Oh, hallelujah. He is the way. There is no other. Many people call us narrow-minded and that we need to embrace other religions, that they're all worshiping the same God just in their own way, and we need to respect their truth. You have your truth, and they have their own truth. That's a big bunch of lies. This my truth, that's junk. Truth is truth. Right? This my truth, your truth. Deception. Lie. It's either true or it's not. And Jesus is the way. The truth. The life. The light. The door. The only way. Jesus told the leaders of the Jews in his day, he said, if you don't believe I am the one, you will die in your sins. Strong. There's a broad way. People say, well, y'all are just narrow, just narrow and saved. (laughs) There's a broad way. Is that right? You can be broad minded and it leads to destruction, but there's a straight and a narrow and the only way, the door, his name is. 
in contradistinction to all others. He is alone. The door. Hallelujah. The way to the Father. To salvation. But keep reading. As many as came before me are what? See, he brings this up again. Thieves and robbers. But sheep didn't listen to them. Why? (laughs) Come on, we, we are not talking about genius intellect. We're talking about sheep. Intellect. Huh? (laughs) But man, it will save your hide. It will save your life. What are you talking about? It's real simple. Somebody calls and the sheep goes, I don't know who that is. I ain't moving. I'm just going to stay in the pen. (laughs) Come on, Fluffy. Come on. Here's, Here's some nice food. They're like, I don't know you. (laughs) Right? I ain't going anywhere. I don't know you. We need to be like this, my friends. Unless we hear that familiar voice that we know, we don't care how many scriptures they use. Come on, are you listening? We don't care how many things they say they've done or or if they're the prophet this or the apostle that. Come on, are y'all listening? We have to hear the voice we know. When we hear him, instantly we go, that's the master. That's the master. Where's the master? <laughs> Follow him anywhere. Right? Because where's he going to lead me? Side to still waters. Green pastures. Is that right? <laughs> Thieves and robbers come. But the sheep didn't listen to them. Keep going. I alone. See, that's why I wanted you to see the least. I alone am the door. By means of me, if anyone enters, he'll be saved. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no salvation through any other. There is no salvation through Buddha or Muhammad. Are you listening? There is no salvation through any other name. He is the only door. The only way. Let me say, yeah, we all are just narrow-minded. Hell is real. And it's awful. Nobody should go there. And the only way you don't go is by believing on him and being born again. And too many have soft-pedaled around these things, afraid. I like what Brother Billy Graham, who's in heaven now, he said this not long before he went home. He said, uh, he said, many of these modern churches, he said, they're so concerned that they're going to offend everybody except God. Is that a good word or is that a good word? Concerned about offending this group and that group and that group, but not concerned about offending God. We must be bold. Heaven and hell is in the balance. Eternity, these these things are real. The Bible is true. All of it. All of it. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to judge people. But you do need to tell the truth. 
And without Jesus, you are not okay. I'm going to, you know, worship God in my own way. That won't cut it. (laughs) If if it doesn't include Jesus, you're headed the wrong way. You're headed to destruction. It's terrible. Keep going. I alone am the door. By means of me, if anyone enters, he'll be saved. Hallelujah. And we'll go in and out and find food. Keep going. The thief. So this is what? The third or fourth time now. You see why I read all that to get to this. The what? The thief does not come except to do what? To steal. And to kill. And to destroy. But he calls him the thief. He could have called his, his name, the devil's name, Abaddon and Apollyon, also means destroyer. And Jesus said in John 8, just a couple of chapters before this, he said that the devil was a murderer from the beginning and did not abide or stay in the truth. So there was a time when the devil wasn't the devil. When he was the anointed cherub. And God didn't make him the devil. The scripture said iniquity was found in him. And the scripture goes on to say in John 8. That when he speaks a lie. He speaks of his own. Because he is a liar. And the father of it. Lying did not come from God. He didn't create it. Lying came into existence through the fallen cherub that covered through the devil himself. Deception originated with the devil who's also called the thief. Now, one of the things that the Lord ministered to me when I went back over that series again that I mentioned was this. There hasn't been enough recognition and realization of dealing with the thief. Recently I mentioned to Phyllis I heard some good people, Christian people, and this must be the tenth time I've heard this in the past two or three years. They went into great detail about all these things that had happened. And they talked about why it happened and wonder why. And and, and, and it was God this and God that. And they went on for an hour. Not one mention of the devil. Not one mention of the devil. And this is because his plan is working. Whatever spirit you yield to, you take on those characteristics. Criminals who are yielding to wrong spirits take on the characteristics of those spirits. Smart criminals do not want any attention. Is that right? They operate in the shadows, they have a front that appears legit. And you ask them about it, 
they will lie. <laughs> they will lie and lie and lie. If you listen to them, and they can be very convincing liars. If you listen to them, they're just a fine, outstanding member of the community. <laughs> Is that right? And they're running half the shady stuff in town. Where'd they get that? They got that from the evil one himself. And so much of the church, you have an accident, you have somebody die from a disease, you have a storm, you have this and that and this and the other, and you'll hear, we don't understand why, you'll hear God's mysterious ways, You'll hear unexplainable acts of God. Is that right? right. On and on. And you won't hear one mention of the thief. But you and I are not ignorant of his devices. Come on, and the Lord's going to help us. He's going to help us. We, we know a little bit about this. How many would like to know a lot more? Yes. And the, uh, the title of the, the week thus far, I may change it tomorrow night, who knows, but, <laughs> is Stopping the Thief. Stopping the Thief. <laughs> Anybody sign up for this? Would you, you say, yeah, help Count me in. I'm gonna stop. I want to stop the thief. I don't have to ask you if you've been stolen from. Do it. I don't have to ask you if something's been stolen in your life. Every one of us. <laughs> See how quiet it got. <laughs> But aren't you fed up of people blaming God for all of this stealing and killing and destroying when Jesus, as plain as you could say it, said the thief comes not? Well, is God the thief? Is he talking about his father? Certainly not. Is Jesus the thief? You're going to call Jesus the thief? People are. They're attributing all these things to God. Might as well call him a thief. I'm not. Because it's a lie. I said it's a lie. There's a different being. There's another being. A malicious. Evil one. It is the devil. And he is coming. And he is seeking. Whom? He may devour. Is that right? And we need to be alert. We don't need to be just devil conscious all the time. We don't need to talk about the devil all the time. But we need to wake up every morning realizing he's trying to steal something. It's just a fact of life. The devil's trying to steal something from you every day. He's got demon spirits working on it. But the greater one is not the thief. Somebody said, the greater one lives in me. 
and I don't have to let the thief steal from me. Jesus said in another passage, he said, if the goodman of the house had known at what hour and time the thief was coming, he would have watched. Did you hear that word? He would have watched and not allowed the enemy, the robber, to break in. Not allowed his house to be plundered. And that word watch is repeated in Peter. It's repeated in James. Why? Everybody say watch. Watch. I, I know folks don't like this kind of preaching. A lot of people don't. They, uh, <laughs> I know you do. You're here. <laughs> and I'm so glad. But this is not a popular message. Jude warned us about a distortion of grace. Have you read it? He said that in the last days there would be those who would turn the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness. Now that's a, that's a King James word. It basically means looseness. 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 And if you read the rest of the passage, it includes the idea, it talks about disrespect. And so you can identify a wrong spirit by this looseness. Everything's okay. Nothing's a big deal. And grace is one of the most marvelous things you could talk about and teach about and preach about. And I'm not trying to judge anybody's teaching and preaching on this. But I just know by the Spirit of God, there is a slant, I call it grace only. Grace only. And it is not a new message. It's a repackaging of a centuries and centuries old. And, and basically it boils down to God has already done everything. And God does everything. And without saying it, you don't have to do anything. It's a do-nothing doctrine. And people love it. They're like, yeah, yeah, just give me everything and I do nothing. Yay. <laughs> and it is true. God has done everything. Jesus has bought and paid for everything. But here are two things grace won't do for you. God won't do for you. Grace slash God will not receive for you. Grace Slash God will not resist the devil for you. Did you hear these friends? <laughs> Grace is God's part. Not our part. Faith is our part. He has provided everything. He has done everything. But what has been so generously so wonderfully and completely provided by grace. 
must be possessed, received by faith. Must be received by faith. And when you go to receive it, you're going to run into some resistance. Because there is a thief. He's trying to steal it from you. Right? And you're going to have to resist by faith. God's not going to do that for you. He told us to do it. So if you do nothing, you don't receive by faith, and you don't resist by faith, and you count on grace to do everything, you are going to be defeated. You're not going to receive. I mean, if you take that mentality to its ultimate, God's already done everything. He's already paid for all of your sins, past, present, future. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. Everything has already been done. He has done that for the whole world. And if it's not based on anything you do, then everyone will be saved. If you take that to its end, everyone will be saved because it's all it's all, it's all based on what God has done with his son Jesus. The covenant is there and man can't mess it up. And so it, it lie, that means everybody's saved regardless of whether you receive or not. This is a lie. This is not true. The grace only doctrine is in opposite. It is an enemy of faith. The devil For generation after generation, this is nothing new. This this has been going on for generations, thousands of years. The devil is scared of faith. He knows what faith can do better than most believers. He's scared of it. And, And he knows he can't come in the front door and just oppose it outright. He has to trick you into giving it up. And you won't just give it up for nothing. So he gives you a substitute but a faithless substitute. And he's good at quoting scriptures. God, grace, will not receive for you. You must receive for yourself by faith. Grace, God, will not resist the devil for you. He told us to do this. And if we don't do it, the devil will just wreak havoc in your life. He'll, he'll steal he will destroy. He will kill. If it's been killing, who did it? Come on, help me out. The devil. If something was destroyed, who did it? Come on, help me out. Do we need to be crystal clear on this? Crystal clear. Jesus, can you see the contrast he's drawing? Put, put it back up again. John 10, 10. Put it up again. The thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy I alone came in order that they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in super abundance. Is this a contrast? The master is not stealing. He's not killing. He's not destroying. He, if he had wanted us destroyed, all he'd had to do is nothing, just not come. Right? He didn't come to destroy men's lives. But to save them. He didn't come to condemn. Is that right? But that doesn't change the fact. There's an enemy. We have an enemy. Arrayed against us. And he's trying to hurt us. He's trying to steal things from us. 
Now what I believe we should get this week is find out how he does it and how to stop him. We've learned a few things and there's been, there's been a number of times we've stopped him. Yeah, you have. People all over this place. You, if you hadn't done some of the things that you've done, you would have been stolen from in that area. And you weren't. You were spared. It was stopped. It was prevented. Go with me to Ephesians, please. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, if you're still questioning what I said about grace only, go to the book of Jude. Just one chapter. Read it carefully, slowly for yourself. And then read it again. And then read it again. He said, I told you to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered because he talked about there'd be distortions of grace. He didn't say you'd have to hold on to grace because there'd be a distortion of faith. <laughs> and Jesus didn't look at people and say, my grace made you whole. Or that grace is the victory that overcomes the world. Are y'all listening, friends? And before he gets through in Jude, he completely obliterates the doctrine of once saved, always saved. Talks about individuals that had been saved that were later lost. Why? Because it's not just based on what God has done. You must receive what he has done. And you must hold on to it by faith. And, and there's a big push. Have you heard this phrase? People talk about, you know, what the main thing to do is to let go and let God. Basically, just, just get out of his way. Stop anything you're trying to do and, and let go, hands off, and let God. That's not what the scripture says. I said, that's not what the scripture says. Anybody remember 1 Timothy 6, 12? 1 Timothy 6, 12. Let go. Huh? Huh, Leave it up to God. What? Fight. The good fight of faith. Let go. Huh? Is there any difference between letting go and laying hold? Is there? Massive folks over here. Is, is there any difference? Huh? Between letting go and laying hold. Can you see how subtle this is? It is so subtle. So subtle. Say it out loud. Fight. The good fight of faith. Do what? Lay hold. Lay hold. Lay hold. Jesus said, what things over you desire when you pray? Believe that you take them. Believe you receive. Believe you take them. And you'll have them. Well, where does the fight come in? There is a devil. Right? He will oppose. The the word devil literally means adversary. Adversary is one who opposes. He is against you. And against me every day of our life. That's, That's not a nice thought. You don't like to think somebody is trying to hurt me every morning when I get up. But it is the truth. 
And we're warned, watch, watch out. Be on the watch, be vigilant. Because he's trying to hurt you. He's trying to steal something from you. He's trying to kill something in your life. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry. (laughs) And what? So just getting angry doesn't mean you've already sinned. But you better watch yourself. (laughs) Because the next few minutes it could go all wrong. (laughs) Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. This is what happened with Cain and Abel. God warned him about it. And he didn't deal with it like this is talking about. He got really mad and upset because God didn't accept his offering. Did you know God doesn't accept all offerings? And because he did accept Abel's. And instead of admitting, the Bible said the reason he did it because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. This was before he killed him. He knew better than what he had done. He knew he, he hadn't tried. But instead of repenting, he nursed this rage. And it turned murderous. Can you see this? Which is why we must not go day and night and day after day mad and upset. And don't say you can't help it. Don't tell the Lord you can't do this. If you choose to, you can. Right? It's not okay to stay mad at somebody. Or hurt. Or hurt. Upset. Bitter. Bitter soul is a combination of mad and hurt. And there's no excuse for staying like that for days and weeks. Much less months and years. It's a choice. To hold on to it and nurture it. But it gives place to the enemy. If the enemy has opportunity, what's he going to do? He's going to steal from you. He's going to steal something. He's going to destroy something. Even if you didn't care about the other person. Do you want everything locked up spiritually? No, you do want this kind of lock up. I'm talking about no open doors for the enemy to get in. No space, no place. Do you want gaping holes where he can get in and hurt you in your life? Then for that reason alone, you must forgive. You must let it go. You must release it. Elsewise, the enemy will steal and steal and steal. There are, it's sad, there are many people who have stopped serving God and they don't go to church anymore and they quit praying and quit reading their Bible. Why? Because they got stole from, stole from, stole from, stole from and blamed it on God. And that's exactly what the enemy intended. That's what he wants you to do. He, he wants to be in the shadows and you act like he doesn't even exist. And if God's responsible for everything, then he's responsible for all the bad stuff too. 
And people wind up blaming him for that. And no matter what they try to act and say, they feel hard against him about it. Why didn't he heal my baby? I begged him and begged him. I cried till I didn't have any more tears. Why didn't he answer my prayer? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he do the other? Where was he? Well, that's the devil feeding you this right now. He's feeding you these thoughts right now. And he's the one that did it. The devil's the one that stole your baby. He's the one that killed, stole, destroyed. Come on, do you believe it, saints? If you're going to be mad at somebody, focus it correctly. Jesus is not the thief. The father is not the thief. He said, I want you to read this. Verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Notice 28. Let him that stole steal no more. Now that goes along with people that are stealing, getting reformed. But the Lord quickened it to me today. He said, you notice what's right next to give no place to the devil is let him steal no more. The Amplified says, leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Now, I may get to this at some point later in the week, but I'll give you a little preview of one of the things that the Lord quickened to me about that series that we didn't get. This is what the Lord said. If you obey me and tithe and give and believe, your income will increase. Not maybe, not sometimes. For everybody, every time your income will increase. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. That does not mean you'll prosper. (laughs) Do I need to explain that? That does not mean you'll prosper. Jesus said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful with much. According to Jesus, and he went on to say, if you hadn't been faithful in that which is least and that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? You wouldn't be faithful in more. People all over the world believe, if I had a bunch of money, I'd really do something. Man, if I had an extra million dollars tomorrow, I'd give, I'd do this, life would change. According to Jesus, you would do the same thing you're doing with what you have now. How many believe him? You'd do the same thing with what you have done, with what you've had. If your income increased ten times what it is now. But everything else was also the same as it is now. By the end of next year, you'd be in no better shape than you are right now. What do you mean? If your spending was the same, if you're giving what, you see what I'm talking about? Your ratios, if you didn't change, you were doing the same things with that that you're doing with what you have now. You'd be in exactly the same position, surplus-wise, lack-wise. <laughs> you see the looks I'm getting across the crowd. 
Is this true or not? I'm going to give you a lot of scripture for the weeks over about this. But here's why. The moment money begins to come in, guess what's going to happen? The devil wants to steal it. He wants to steal it. He can't just, usually, I mean, he might influence somebody to get a pistol and come take it away from you. But usually it's more subtle than that. If he can get you to spend it on the wrong thing, then you won't have it for the right thing. And he stole it. Here's something else. What if you had tithed in faith and sown seed on every dollar that ever came into your hands and you didn't follow the impulses of the flesh, you followed the wisdom of God and the leadings of the Spirit with every check that you ever made and every bit of money that came in. You sowed it where he showed you to sow it. You didn't spend it on the wrong thing. You invested it where he showed you invest it. Would you be at the same place today financially? Go ahead and say no. <laughs> That's why God can put a seed in your hand. That's a key to your future, to your ministry. He's already got something lined up in just a few days or a few weeks or a few months. There's going to be an opportunity. He wants you to put that seed in that. And the moment it comes in, the enemy is going to bombard you with impulses to blow it. And tell you how hard you've worked and how much you deserve it. And you need to go buy yourself a new purse and some shoes. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> you need to go buy yourself a new car. You, you, need to, you need to do this. You need to do that. And it's not that the Lord doesn't want you to have those things. But it's not time. It's not time. How many, how many remember when Naaman was healed and he wanted to give the prophet Elisha all of that stuff? What did he say? It's not time. It's not time to receive this and receive that. He wouldn't take any of it right then. And his servants, you know, ran after and lied and stole and brought a curse on himself. I fast forwarded just a little bit to give you an example of what we're talking about. The devil is always trying to steal from you. All the time. He'll try to get you to go places you shouldn't go. Spend money you shouldn't spend. Come on here with me. And if you're going the wrong place at the wrong time, he can cause an accident. Cost you even more money. Tear up your car. Get in a lawsuit. Come on here listening. What's, what's all that about? Stealing, stealing, stealing. He wants to steal from you. And if it's dispersed on the wrong things, you won't have it for the right things. You'll be in lack. You'll come up short. And it won't be because God didn't give it to you. How many would say God is faithful? He he is faithful. If he said he'll supply all your needs, he will supply all your needs. That don't mean you'll do the right thing with it when it comes in. 
Well, well. <laughs> Selah. Think about that. <laughs> and it's not that the Lord didn't want you to have and enjoy some things. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. But we must distinguish between adding things to ourself. Wrong time. Wrong way. Going into crazy debt and paying crazy interest. Come on, are y'all listening? Why? When the Lord would have added it to us five years from now. But your flesh don't like that. Your, when do your flesh want what it wants? Come on, come on. It wants it now. But what needs to happen with the flesh? Come on, help me. Come on. Come on. Somebody well, that, that hurts my flesh. Honey, it don't just need to be hurt. It needs to be killed. It needs to be crucified. <laughs> we need to nail it. It's going to scream. It's going to, you know, squirm, I'm trying to say. And holler and yell, I need it. I need it. I need it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And you need to go, boom, shut up. <laughs> boom, sit down. Lay down, dead man. Lay down. Lay down. If you add it to yourself, and don't raise your hand, you've done it before. I've done it before. You add it to yourself, it's a burden. You have problems with it. It's an open, open access for the thief to do more problems. But when the Lord adds it to you, the right way, the right time, it's the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. And ain't no sorrow. Ain't no burden. It's just all blessing and no burden. All enjoyment, no hardship. But it takes patience. I said it takes, doesn't it? It takes patience to put your flesh under. And say, uh, you know, I, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that the right time, right way, but it's not now. Time's not now. It's time now to give. Time now to take care of the church. Time now to take care of the missionary. Come here with me. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then what? Who's going to add them to you, see? He's going to add them to you after you put his things first. After that. Hallelujah. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Let the thief steal no more. Darby says, let the stealer steal no more. I believe we're to be on a mission this week. To stop the stealer. Is that right? Let the stealer steal no more. Not let him steal our money. Not let him steal our joy. Not let him steal our joy. Our peace. Not let him steal our relationships, our family. Not let him steal our health. Not let him steal our church, our ministries. Is that right? Oh, he's trying to do it. And sadly, he is being entirely too successful. But not with us. By the grace of God, we're going to stop the stealer. The Lord's given us what we need. He's told us how to do it, but he won't do it for you. He'll help you do it. 
but he's told us to do it. In fact, let's go over there and look at it first. Uh, well, look, look at James, and then we'll look at First Peter. And then I'll let this, I'll let you soak in this. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow night and get in it. How many believe the Lord could help you so much that uh, the enemy just start to begin to kind of do something and your radar goes beep, beep. I see you. I see you. Lying, stealing devil. And you immediately go into shut him down mode. And you know what to do. And you do it. You control your flesh. Come on, you control your mind. You control your mouth. And you shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Glory to God. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. You know, submission is a completely unacceptable word. <laughs> right? <laughs> In our society and generation, people are like, submit? Where'd you come from? The Middle Ages? And it's a Bible yes. word. Amen. <laughs> Submit. Rebellion is of the devil. Amen. Submit yourself to God comes before he said resist the devil. Why? Because if you're yielding to the enemy, he knows he doesn't have to yield to you. The devil is the most rebellious, prideful being known to exist. I mean, his pride is off the chart. The most arrogant, belligerent, insufferable person you've ever been around is not 100% of who the devil is. He just picked up some things from the master of pride. He is, he's real. He's a being. He's not a Terran. He's not from Earth. He's an extraterrestrial. He is. All the angels are. But they're real. And it's not for us to be afraid of because we have the name. We got the name. We got the greater one. But we do not need to get up, go to work, go to school, come home, wash your clothes, cut the grass, and act like he's not around. Right. To do so is at your own risk and at your own expense because he and his have plans for you. Whether you have planned on dealing with him or not, he will steal everything you've got if you don't do something about it. He will destroy everything he can. And kill everything you love. And enjoy it. He's an evil, evil being. And when he is cast into the lake of fire, I ain't shedding a tear. Not, not one. He, he's going to get his. It's coming. But let me tell you how good of a thief and liar he is. He stole the planet earth. He stole it. 
That's how good a thief he is. 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls Satan the God of this world. God didn't give it to him. God didn't make it and give it. Uh-uh. How did he get it? He stole it from Adam and Eve. From us. Temporary situation though. Temporary situation. His time, the Bible said, is short. Short. And he knows it. What does it say? Submit yourselves to God. When you are submitting to the one you should be submitting to, you are in a position to force the enemy to submit to you. If you are yielding to him, like our first parents, Adam and Eve, yielded to him, you're not in a position. He knows he doesn't have to yield to you. You're yielding to him. Remember Jesus said when the enemy came and for the scourging and the crucifixion, Jesus was able to say, he has nothing in me. Don't you like that? He has nothing in me. In fact, he wanted to state plainly that I've received this commandment from my Father. I have power to lay my life down. I have power to take it up again. In other words, ain't nobody taking nothing from me. That's bad English. But nobody is taking anything from me. The devil has no hook in me. I'm not, he has no place in me. I'm giving him no place. And First John says that he that's born of God, that's you too. Keeps himself and that wicked one touches him not. It's possible, my brother, sister, it's possible every morning when you get up till you go to bed and in the middle of night if it needs to be, every time the enemy tries to raise his head, come in, steal, lie, destroy, shut him down, 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 shut him down. down. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not in my house, you don't. I bind you. I, I shut you down. Not, not in my family, you don't. Not in my church, you don't. Not in my ministry, you don't. You may have millions fooled that you don't even exist, but I know better. And I'm shutting you down. <laughs> shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Don't let him steal from you. Submit yourselves to God. What else? Who's the understood subject here? Millions of Christians pray and beg God to make the devil stop. This is why they don't get results. He didn't tell us to beg him to make the devil stop. He told us to resist him. And he would flee from us. Most church are going people do not believe this. Most less practice it. And it's why they get stolen from so terribly. You resist the devil. He wouldn't tell you to do something you didn't have the authority to do. He wouldn't tell you to do something you didn't have the power to do. You got the name above every name. 
you got the greater one inside you, which is why you stand in faith knowing what name you're talking about, knowing who's inside you. There ain't no struggle. He just flees. He just runs. Runs. Why? Not because he's so scared of you per se, but he has tangled with the one who's inside you. (laughs) If he had known, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory, but he didn't know. And he played right into God's plan. And the Father spoke from heaven and it shook hell. And he said, this day, oh, hallelujah, Jesus was begotten again and took the keys. The devil don't even have the keys to his own place anymore. He ain't what he used to be. He don't want you to know it. Oh, he's so proud. He, oh, it hurts him to hear stuff like that. But we'll say it again. He don't even have the keys to his place no more. He ain't what he used to be. Forgot what I was talking about. I got so excited about that. Glory to God. He has been stripped. The Bible refers to him as the one who had the power of death. Not anymore. He has a short window of time until all the harvest is accomplished and gotten in. And there'll be new heavens and new earth. And he's going away for a long, long, long time. Won't it be wonderful in the future to get up in the morning Nobody's trying to hurt you. (laughs) Will that be good or will that be? Nobody's trying to lie to you or steal from you. Won't that be wonderful and glorious? But until then, we have to do what the next phrase talks about. 1 Peter 5. And then I think we'll, we'll close. 1 Peter 5. Jesus had given this example. One of the things he said, if the goodman of the house had known what hour or time the thief would have come, he would have watched. Everybody say watch, watch. He would have watched and not let the thief plunder his house. He would have watched. If you watch and are aware, you can prevent it. If you act like the devil doesn't exist, act like nothing's going on, you're going to be stolen from. And most people turn around and blame God. Brother Hagen said years ago he left his last church, went out on the field. Month after month he was going in the hole financially. He said at the last church is the best church that ever pastored. They paid him the most. He said, man, they gave him half the clothes they wore, gave him half the food they ate. They were in great shape financially and materially. But when he left, now he's got no salary and none of that's coming in anymore. He's doing what the Lord told him, but he said uh, every month he's going in the hole. He's going in the hole. He said his children weren't adequately clothed. They didn't have all the food that they needed. I mean, it's getting worse every month. And he began to fast and pray and seek the Lord. And he said on the third day of seeking the Lord, he said the Lord spoke to him. And one of the things he said, 
He said, it's not me that's keeping your children's clothes from you. You believe that or not? He said, it's not me causing you, your family to run short on food. It's not me. Is that true or not? Most of the church don't believe this. It is not God shorting us, putting us through terrible lack to teach us something. It's not true. It's not true. That's the devil doing one of the things he does best, lie. Lie, 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 lie. You've even seen little kids say, somebody reach up and, and, and hit the back of the, the, your head. And you look around and they point to the other person. <laughs> Is that right? One of the oldest. Yeah. One of the oldest tricks in the book, right? Man, that's the devil inside and out. He comes in, steals, kills, hurts people, does terrible things. And if you were to look at him, he's going, mm. God in his mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Don't question God. Don't, and if you turn around, he'll hit you again. God. I know it's awful, but we don't understand it. But lies, 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 lies. There's a thief. Read it. Be what? First Peter 5, 8. Be what? Sober. Be what? Vigilant. This is not the same as just laying around and leaving everything up to God. And just letting go. And letting God. Because <laughs> it's all Him anyway, right? No, honey child, no. <laughs> you can't leave up to Him what He left up to you. You can try. But you're going to be destroyed in the process. No, there is an enemy. And we need to be not full of fear, not full of fear, but awake and watching. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Aren't you glad that word may May is it? Don't mean it didn't say he devouring everybody he wants to. What? He has to find the ones he can. He has to find the ones he will be allowed to devour. That means there are those he may not. You need to say I'm a may not. <laughs> I'm a may not. He may not devour me. I'm a may not. No, no, you may not steal from me. No, you may not destroy my house. No, no, you come to the wrong house. You may not. You have to go on down and find somebody that don't know any better because you may not do it to me. He's seeking. So he cannot just indiscriminately still kill and destroy when and wherever he wants to. He can't. If he, if he could, he'd wiped out the population already. He can't. He wants to. He's trying. But he can't. He has to find access. 
Which is why the scripture said don't give him any place. Don't give him an opening. Don't give, why would the Bible say don't give him an opening? Because if you don't watch, you'll give him an opening. Right? <laughs> Even without meaning to. You can do it ignorantly. You can do it because you're lazy. You can do it for any number of reasons. But he's watching. In the book of Job, he had been around that hedge and around that hedge and around that hedge and even told God, well, you put a hedge around everything he's got. Making him mad. Boy, it's irritating. Why he couldn't get to him. He couldn't get to him. He couldn't get to him. Seeking whom he may. So like a, like a, a lion, he's pacing and he's looking. He's pacing and he's looking. Can I get to this one? Can I get to that one? And when he can, he pounces. He destroys. He's a devourer. He's a thief. He's a killer. But it's possible to keep him waiting. Oh, you didn't hear that. It's possible to keep him waiting week after week, month after month, year after year. And he hadn't been able to get to you like he wants to. He hadn't been able to get in. He's trying. He's looking. He keeps going morning and night. But you still get up praising God and believing God. Every time he tries to do something, you won't accept that it's God. You use the name of Jesus and just shut him down on the spot. So, okay, all right, he has to back off and try again tomorrow. So he tries to find you, hit you when you maybe not quite awake, hit you when you, you know, something else was going on. He likes the pile-up technique. He tries to hit you when you're down or a little bit weak. But you've learned better and you won't yield to feeling sorry for yourself. And you'll jump up in the middle of your bed and get in faith and go, no, you don't know. You You get out of here in the name of Jesus. And you just keep doing this year after year until you just keep getting older and older and older. And he goes, man, they're going to get out of here before I really destroy them. Keep him waiting. Keep him looking. Keep him waiting. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah? Verse 9, whom resist steadfast. How, what, what are you going to have to have to resist him? In the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Stand on your feet if you would. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. We have a People joining us in Sarasota. We have a lot of people across the country and other countries joining us. I believe one of the things we need to do first off this week is there are a number of people that have been mad at God. They've been, even though they wouldn't say it, hurt. They've been frustrated with God. Any number of things. And they need to repent and acknowledge God's not my problem. Never has been. Never will be. He's my answer. Jesus contrasted himself so sharply between the thief and the only good shepherd. Is he the good shepherd? Then he's not stealing and killing and destroying. Right? It's the thief. Say it out loud, Father God. For any time we were frustrated at you. We Our hurt towards you. Are angry at you. We acknowledge. We acknowledge 
That is ignorance. That is being deceived. And believing lies. You have never failed us. And you never will. You are all righteous. All the time. Faithful and good. Never failing. Never leave me. Never forsake me. Never let me down. Stealing, killing, and destroying is not your work. It's the thief. It's the evil one. It's the devil. And I won't blame you for any of the devil's works. Open my eyes, my ears, my heart, my mind. Show us this week the devices and the wiles and tricks and schemes of the devil. Show us how to do what you told us to do. How to resist. How to bind. How to walk in this authority and in the power and in the freedom you have given us. And we'll do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your hands. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.